0: Oh, wow. wow. super, super,
1: super! Oh, that's a brilliant follow-up play by Mahé! Oh my goodness, man, what a shot. 100 set! set! set
2: the head!
1: Hello everyone and welcome to the Uninformed Handball Hour. It's Chris O'Reilly here with a very quick intro because this podcast dives straight into the action with the strongest domestic competition in men's handball, the Liquimoli Handball Bundesliga. We have a start of season preview with two good friends of the podcast, Björn Patsen and Sasha Stadt, who join us to talk. ...about all of the teams, as Alex promised last week. All of the teams in the Bundesliga. Uh, some for longer than others. Some it's just a sentence or two. Uh, whereas with the big dogs, we stick with them for a while. Uh, nice, thorough luck into the season ahead. Let's jump right in. Welcome to the show, Bjorn Patson and Sasha Stadt. The dynamic duo, uh, we would try to make this a three-hour podcast with you both, but we have all of time restrictions, so we're going to do a quick fire. Bundesliga, sort of season, I would say preview, but this is probably going to come out on Friday when the first games have already been played. But that's how we like to do it on this podcast. First of all, how are you both? First, Bjorn joining us after his trip through the fjords of Norway.
2: Feeling very comfortable sitting in Hamburg Central Station my last part of going home I'm completely relaxed and I hope for a quick fire with Sasha.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. good luck and Sasha, how are you just uh are you still in Dusseldorf or are you back home after the game last night
0: no no I went back home I enjoyed the game very much it was a very entertaining game i think we saw two games on a very high level to be honest at this point of the season also the colleagues i talked to said that it was quite impressive from both sides and yeah i'm looking forward to the start of the season there's a new project also for me coming up with Dyne Media. I think it's a big change in the media world in Germany uh, considering handball and I'm looking forward to a lot. I'm quite excited as I said and yeah, when Björn is mentioning that he went to Norway, memories come back. I had a good time there last year and I hope he caught enough energy to to have a good season as well. <laughs>
2: <Good>. Definitely, yes. <laughs>
3: good. So how, how are we going to do this? Um, we've, I promised in the last podcast that we would discuss every single team. Oh. So we will have to give <laughs> time to every single team. But I think a good place to start is probably the the Super Cup that Sasha just mentioned was at. Chris, he commentated. And it showed a first glimpse of Kiel without Sargason, uh as well as... A necker Levin team that I was really impressed by. I I don't know, like looking at the team and the transfers, I, I really thought rhynecker Levin were going to potentially take a step down this season um, or at least stay at their level. They kind of exceeded expectations last year, in my opinion. But it doesn't look like it. In the end, they lost on penalties to Kiel in the Pixum Super Cup. And looked really, really, really good. Yeah, Sasha was,
2: was there, so exactly he <laughs> should tell.
0: <laughs> RheinEcker Löwen, they probably, I think it's a hot take right now. They probably got the most informed goalkeeper in all of handball at the moment. David Speth is is superstar in the making. Uh, Björn also witnessed his performances during the World Junior Championship in in the summer. He was the key factor for them to win the German Cup in April. He shines already in various other games. He had a saving percentage of, I think, like 33% last year in the Bundesliga, which is quite good to be honest for such a young player he's very calm he's very mature I talked to him yesterday after the game and he said I don't want to be a one-hit wonder I have to show and prove that I can play on a high level on a consistent base and that's quite impressive for such a young person I mean he's a young guy let's not forget he's not 25 26 27 years old and we have got a lot of good goalkeepers who start to shine in their 30s and he's very young and yeah, I was quite impressed by his performance. They lost the game, all right. But I think they had a very good game and yeah, they impressed me a lot. It was a good team performance and especially because Yuri Knorr didn't have an outstanding performance. It was all right, but he was not outstanding like he used to be for most of last season. So I think Ryan Luven will have a good season, yeah.
3: Yeah, and it does look like it's quite a young team. You, you know, we, we kind of... Juric Thor has been around for a while, but he he's still young. Um they've they will have Halil Jagadnic back, who had a classic Jagodnach performance <laughs> in um yeah in, in that game. He had the, the ball in a China shot performance, zero from two shots and two two minutes, and uh stayed on the bench. But you know, he's a player that a lot of people are looking for. And then in other positions, they they've you know. Philip Agnassou is back. They got Gustav Davison um, from Sweden, who um, actually impressed me a lot. And as he said, uh, David Spieth is in goals. But it's it's a young team, ready, I think, and quite hungry. But are they missing kind of, are they still missing elements to this team? Um, They they seem to have a big squad, but it, it just... It doesn't fully fit for me. Do you think that will be a challenge for them, Bjorn?
2: I would say the biggest challenge for them this year, compared to the last season, is that they will play the European League. And, uh, of course, as I fully agree, the most important newcomer, if it's a newcomer, is Halili Raniac, because the other four, they will fit quite mm. good in the team. Exactly. Lindenkrone, he will be will be one of the, the regulars first seven. But you will have to see how this team had a lot of energy last year, mainly in the start of the season. How they will cope with the situation? I'm fully sure that they beat Vada in qualification. That how this team will finally cope with the situation that they play two matches a week in European League and in Bundesliga if they have enough power, or if they say at the middle of the season, okay, now we focus on this or that uh, competition, and then they say, okay, we play with the, like how they play with the second team in the European League or in the Bundesliga either so this will be the, the the core effect for me if they bring the energy they had uh, last year in two competitions yeah, awesome. this
1: season with that i mean the there is an area in the squad that concerned me a little bit yesterday and that is the Uwe gensheimer left wing uh which you know on a few occasions really let them down i know they have two very young players in there and uh zacharias has one hell of an arm on him that's for sure but you don't know where that ball is going to go always. Uh, do we know where when Uwe Gensheimer is going to come back? Is that uh, set yet?
0: No, there's actually some rumors out there that he might not even be back at all. He will play again. We don't know how much he will play and how good he will play, but his knee injury was more severe than they actually said, so it will take some time. I just spoke to him for a minute yesterday in the arena, but... Let's face it, Uwe Gensheimer's career is quite over, to be honest. I think he has played so many matches uh, during all the the years in the past. And when he came back from Paris, there was some sort of fall-off, unfortunately, because he was a great player before. He had also a great time in Paris. I mean, he performed quite well. So... Afterwards, it didn't work out that well, his comeback at the rhein Löwen. But for me, also key position is the right back position, because I'm not convinced that Lindenkrone is the solution there. son was quite impressive in the European League last season. He can be a very good player, but he's still quite young as well. And they also have to adapt to the Bundesliga. The same for Davidson and for Steven Plussner, um, a line player who came over from Denmark so it will be interesting to see but as you said before it's a young team and it will take two or three years for them to be good enough again to compete for a Champions League spot I think they're a number five team in the league like like last season and Bjorn mentioned that they have to play in the European league and at some point players will get tired because they're not used to it Juri Knorr, for example, is not used to it and he already had some f- sort of fall off after the World Championship last year because he was overplayed, basically not because he's a bad player, obviously he's a great player, but yeah, that will factor in as well.
3: Yeah, n- <clears throat> I think Yuri Knorr is a player that can actually bring this team up. I, I think we talk about them as probably outsiders, but um, and and we've talked about Yurik Dora's ability a, a lot in the past, but we shouldn't overlook just how amazing this player is and what impact he can have on this team going forward. And I'm again, I, I was so impressed with, with that super cup game and I actually I've I've quite big hopes for Ryan Nickelodeon. <laughs> um well, So that's, that's my first hot take of the, of the season.
1: Is that why we've attributed a quarter of our overall time to them? One down, 17 oh. to go, my <laughs> yeah, friends. Good luck. So what we're going to do, we're going we're to go through all the big teams in, in some detail like that. But also in between, I want to get uh, one paragraph thoughts from Bjorn and Sasha on the rest. So let's start with... THSV Eisenach Sasha. in one sentence or two
0: (laughs) I think they they just lack the experience and the quality of players to stay in the league it's nice that they're back they have a great atmosphere in their arena but to be honest I I just think they're not good enough they have a good goalkeeper now they got Konetsky from Kielce but he has to adapt to the Bundesliga I don't think it will work out.
2: I, I absolutely agree with Sasha. Said that the classical season for the elevator, they go up, they go down. I hope they don't destruct any structure in the team or in the with the coaching style or things like this. They know that they that they have the hardest of all teams. But they made one good signing, except uh, the goalkeeper from Kielce is uh, the new left back. Is Niklas Heidkamp. He comes from Leipzig and he was the one among the under-21 world champions and I would say that he can have a lot of playing time in, in Eisenach and that he will be someone for bigger clubs later on that this season might be useful for him and for the club to earn some money and to get some experience but uh, I don't think that they will continue in the first league.
1: Let's go for someone uh, more people might know, uh, Balian are back. Uh, Okay, let's talk about
0: Baling. I just talked to one colleague today about Baling and he's quite confident they can stay in the league. They got more, much more experience than Eisenach. That's the difference. They played in the Bundesliga two seasons ago and some of the players are still there, but there's a reason why they relegated back then. They... I think are also not good enough. they got a more experienced coach in Jens Bürkle, who was already their coach when they relegated, and I like that they stuck with them. But also in this case, I don't see another team than Eisenach, which, which is worse than them. So that's the problem, that the other teams are probably better than they are.
2: I fully agree. The only option that could be if they don't find the right way, it's TVB Stuttgart. And uh, But uh, to be honest, Stuttgart from the squad, uh, they're much better than Barlingen. I really like Barlingen to be back in the league because they, they belong to the league. They're a nice club. They have great fans. They are great on, on home matches. But I agree that uh, normally after 34 matches, I don't see any team which they could leave behind except Eisenach.
1: Okay. One more uh, quickfire team. Uh, before we go on to another big big dog. And uh, that's uh, Wetzlar, a team with... Uh, always they have interesting names in the squad. Whether it ends up uh, in good handball on the court in the end is... Uh, well, neither here nor there, it seems, with this club. But uh, definitely a lot of names that people would recognize. Björn, we'll let you go first this time.
2: Okay, Wetzlar's always famous in the last 10, 15 years for their brilliant, brilliant goalkeepers like... Andreas Wolf, Till Klimke, and others. So, in between, Jose Hombrados was playing for them in Wetzlar. So, they have Jasmin Janjic. They have a great goalkeeper coach. And uh, I think they had a they had a shaky season last year. The hopes were very high for Havoye uh, Horvath that uh, he could change this bad luck that they had and the downswing. But then he signed for Cadet uh, and Schaffhausen. And unfortunately, then they fired him immediately in the end. So, they, they managed to remain in the league. And I, I think that they, at the end of the next season they will finish three four spots higher, but not more.
0: If they do, because I'm not sure they will. I I saw two games of them in the preseason in the arena and I'm not sure if they're good enough. I don't think that they improved by their new signings that they can climb like two or three spots. I. Don't think that they will fight relegation because Barling and Eisenach are just not good enough. But it will be a hard season for them. They got a new coach, Frank Carstens, who has a lot of experience when it comes to fight against relegation with GVD Minton in the past years. He was there for like seven or eight seasons. So I think he will bring in some sort of stability,
3: but they probably won't shine. But they probably will beat Kiel. In, in one game this in season. two, so let's that, hope that's in always, two uh, and hopefully two. <laughs> Maybe then let's let's move on to, to Kiel, uh, the reigning champions, the you know, the biggest team in Germany, probably the biggest team in the world. And again, watching that that super cup, I was what struck me straight away is that they're just so reliant on backcourt shooting. And we know that this is kind of Yeeha's style um, and they, they've been playing like this for a while. But handball has moved on in many ways. A lot of teams have moved to kind of one-on-one handball um, trying to break through, while Kiel are just there raining down nine-meter shots from Rankin, from Johansson. And do, do you think that is sustainable Bjorn, that you know this style can actually uh, continue working in the world of handball that we have right now.
2: In the end, it's it's the way the key plays since uh, Gislas on before. So Isha did not change a lot of tactics. So in the end, it was the way Isha was a player shooting from nine meters. But you will see the, the problem of Kiel is they have Johansson now and they will sign Matson next year. This will be they need some fresh blood in the backcourt area because Duvniak is older. Weinhold is more injured than, than uh, playing at the moment due to his age. And um, yeah, and I still wait for a super-duper season from Nikola Bilic. So if Bilic steps in, Duvniak gets some time to rest. And Johansson and I uh, can play like this. They can continue with this, but uh, I think that the bigger problem for Kiel will be the goalkeeper position. The way and the way in the attack is okay. They will always score when Pickel is back on the line player. Then even more from this position then someday uh, Ekberg will play a better season, I guess, than previous year. But you have to see what is going on in the goal. Of course, yesterday evening Mirkwa was a strong goalkeeper. But I would say that uh, those situations uh, they needed Landy yesterday. last Landy was there, and uh, I'm not fully confident that uh, Vincent Girard can this, uh, fill this fill these footsteps in the, in the next two seasons. So I'm I'm sure that maybe Mekwa will play more, and Vincent Girard will be the the number two um, because he was he played two great tournaments in 2017 and 2019. But in the end, I'm sure that uh, Kiel will lack. Some uh, some points from this position.
3: Yeah, and I think with with that style, um, with, with a lot of backcourt shooting, there's a lot of variability. Um, you know, you you will have games where your shooters aren't on, and what Keel have had in the past is Landine in the back. To you know, when those shooters aren't going, they have Landine to step in and steady the ship, and I think without that. It, there could be a risk of uh, just Kiel c- completely going off the kilter on some games. So, do you think, yeah, Sasha, is Landin, was he basically the crucial player last season for Kiel to win the Bundesliga?
0: I think he was, although I think that Harald Reinkind played a key role in their way to win the championship and the, also the the. The point is very important that Pekela and Sargossen came back in the second half of the season and they were quite fresh. And the other players had already stepped up and learned to play without them. And when they came back, it was quite a good combination because at the end of the season, they almost didn't lose any games, except for European competition, of course. But I absolutely agree with Björn that the goalkeeping position is the biggest issue for them. Because let's say that Tomasz Werka is a very, very, very good backup goalkeeper. Also compared with other teams in Europe, he's a very good backup goalkeeper. But he's not the number one goalkeeper. So that's the issue with them. Vincent Gerard is injured right now. He will come back in some weeks. So Merkwa has to play all the time. Might be that he surprises us. But in the past, Landin was playing like seven or eight games on a very high level, and Mokwa had to perform in the other two. But now he has to perform in 10 or, let's say, 8 or 9 games, and I don't see it coming. I don't see it coming with all the respect to him, but I think that's the biggest issue because Gerard doesn't know the players in the Bundesliga. He knows the players in the Champions League. That might work out actually, but I think in the Bundesliga he will need time to adapt and yeah, he had good tournaments in the past but not too many and also of course it's a bit unfair he used to be compared to Thierry O'Meillet. now he's compared to Nicolas Landine all the time poor guy but I don't think they have the quality in the goal to win another championship
1: I'm gonna save that for the end of the season oh Uh, more more Vincent Gerrard doubters I won't have it but if if you know, on paper, it's, uh, everything you're saying does make, make a lot of sense. Um And what you are talking about the backcourt as well, we even saw that last night as well, where for the first 20 minutes, Reinkind, whatever he, whatever kind of shot he took, spath just was nowhere near it. Uh But then it wasn't happening for him in the second half, and Billick all of a sudden decided, oh, I can also shoot. And then he started to fly. So we saw, like... Both halves of those players come in at different times um, and then players like Valenius and Johansson and uh, Asha to pop up as well. Is the rest of the court enough to make up for the deficiency, potential deficiency in goal? A simple yes or no? From- no. Absolutely, Absolutely no.
3: no. Okay. <laughs> wow. Exciting. Wow. Big, oh. big, big, big Big calls. Snake all right before we move on chris i have Go a question on. for you and that is it's around the skipper uh yes. so he played his first competitive game for keel mm. last night and uh that performance worried me i'm not gonna lie because it, it wasn't due to his uh ability i think but it's the way he was used mm. for me he was kind of used like zarabeths was used for a key last season just move the ball run very quickly and my question is do you think that is actually an effective way of using such a skilled player like um yeah. elias
1: uh I don't, I don't think so but i'm i would i'm not sure that's the long-term plan for him i reckon there's still a little bit of like getting to know you going on there i mean i heard i heard for the first time ever philipika used some english in a timeout yesterday you know, uh, it is. I think there's a little bit of integration still needed. Uh, for Elias, there was a lot of chat between the two of them on the bench as well. And I think in that second half, when things were super tight, he just went with what he knew, which was Nikola Bilic in there. And I think that's totally understandable. I would say there are t- uh, uh, Elias is a player who needs to to play from the start in games to really have his impact. When he came on, he you know he scored two from three. And he took a penalty, which I thought was real, like a real statement of intent from him as well to be saying, I'm going to be one of the five penalty takers here. Um, I think it's, uh, it's early stages in that relationship. He probably won't be used as he needs to be used in the league for a while. He might be let loose in the Champions League, and that's where we'll get to see him kind of come into the role. So I'm not worried too much about that. He's only 21.
0: <laughs> I talked to him after the game and I asked him, what's the biggest challenge ahead had for you? And he said the language. Mm. So that's an issue right now. Okay, but let's see what will happen in six months. He might be already fluent in German because I think he will be, oh, he seems to be a very smart guy. So I think he will be fine. It will take time though and maybe some tactical adjustments from Philipp Isha.
3: We'll, uh, I, we'll I am worried. I, I I am worried that uh, if we're expecting tactical adjustments from Filipiča, <laughs> I'm not sure we'll get them.
1: Alex, Alex, Alex. That's a hot take right now. That's a hot this, take. This is Alex's uh, yeah, constant hot take. He just doesn't trust Filipiča.
2: But anyway, <laughs> that's for another day. <laughs> Björn, you were going to say? <laughs> I was just saying. had the season presentation. He said, uh, "Skippy is a genius," but. Uh, or even genius need to f- 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 fill the positions or fill the roles in my tactic. So I will have to press him in the tactic, and then he can be genius.
1: Okay, there you go. Well, let's see how that relationship blossoms. Uh, three more, three more quick-fire ones. Stuttgart, Sasha.
0: Stuttgart, lot of experience, lots of experience. They got Kai Hifner, which for them is some kind of superstar signing. I think that he's the reason or he will be the reason why they won't be fighting relegation. I think that he's just a difference maker for them. I don't like the approach too much that they put so much into experienced players. And, but yeah, I don't know what kind of team and club it will be in two or three years. But right now, I think they're safe.
2: Okay. It's very easy to say Hefner will lift them exactly one position ahead of Wetzlar.
1: <laughs> very <laughs> good uh,
2: And Hefner will secure his Spot in the national team For the home euro By getting more playing time Than in Melzong
1: Ah <clears throat> uh, interesting uh, Player I really look forward To seeing more of uh, Egon Hannes He was very impressive At the world championship uh, In January uh, And he is a young player 25 still Frischalf Gupping In Bjorn
2: Frischalf Gupping Has a brilliant coach I really like the way Markus Bauer Is coaching a team You have to see that um, that they have a crazy structure in the team. They have this Balkan group, they have some Germans, they have some Scandinavians, then they had this last second signing last season by Blas Plagotincek. It didn't work at the start, then Markus Bauer came. So I would say Göppingen can or will definitely be a team among the top 10 next season because they will not play that that week as they played in the first quarter or half of the season before in the last season. Mm. I'm shocked because well, yeah, I would just <laughs> say one player, one player, Yakamalus, uh, He will take a lot of experience. Uh, he will take a lot of responsibility in attack. And uh, young Slovenian playmakers, you know, we have them like sand in the desert.
1: What are you shocked uh, by, Sasha?
0: Yeah, the statements, <laughs> statements. <laughs> <laughs> I think this roster is quite overrated, to be honest. I was not surprised that they played the way they played last season. Also, they had to fit in some players quite late. All right, I get that. But I don't think the team is that good. I think they will be like 12th, 13th place maybe. I don't think that Markus Bauer is that great of a coach. Actually, I totally disagree with with Björn because if you take a look at his track record, it it doesn't convince me. And I think they will be... Yeah, maybe one of the disappointments of the season.
3: Hmm. They will have Sebastian Heyman coming back who who had big injury.
0: I'm not so sure about no. that because I talked to a colleague of mine and he said that Sebastian Heyman has some mental issues because he doesn't trust his body because he had two ACL injuries. So it might take time. <laughs> it's It's very... It's very unfortunate because Sebastian Hyman would be a great solution for the national team. He's a great player, but I'm not sure if he will ever fulfill the expectations we all had in him.
1: Yeah, that's a that's a such a pity, right? For a player who like his physicality, his body is ah, the thing that kind of steps, step makes him step out. Uh, that he doesn't trust it, I guess. Yeah, it's understandable. Uh, Sasha, I've really enjoyed your preseason podcast on Chrysab. And uh, I loved your introduction for the next theme. I want to ask you about Erlangen because you said you didn't get the Erlangen correspondent on all season because nothing happened last season. <laughs> will, will something happen this season?
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm not so sure. It's one of those clubs where you where you think, okay, if they play a game, do I have to watch it? Maybe I can I can tune in, and it could be a great game, but it could also be rather boring. Most of the time, it's rather boring. They play in Nuremberg in an arena which is built for ice hockey and concerts. So, it's a a strange atmosphere if if you watch their home games. There is some kind of soul. This club misses a lot. Uh, Yeah, it misses a soul, let's say. And I, I know that Raul Alonso wanted to stay the head coach. They made some public statements that he wanted to step back because he's also the sporting director, but... That's not really the truth. And Olaf Stefansson didn't want to stay because he expected to be the head coach when Raúl Alonso officially stepped down. Now they got Hartmann for a very experienced coach. I think he will do just fine. But it's another team, like being 12th to 14th. Uh,
2: the, one, the point with the soul, Zasha uh, is right, and uh, I really hope that the, the will send him for tw- 12 home matches. Of Erlangen <laughs> to, find, to find the soul in this arena. And uh, no, but I I thought that uh, in the combination of Raul Alonso and Olaf Stefansson, they might get some soul. Both are gone, more or less. Uh, Stefansson is gone completely, and Raul Alonso is the only sporting director. So in this club, I, they have some good players. And I, I really don't know what what I should say from from Martin Meyerhofer. They, he was coaching Epping before, and um, yeah was good, he was bad, so what I agree with Sasha is that uh, they're among the same level like uh, like Stuttgart and Wetzlar at the end of the season
1: Alex, which big dog do we go to next?
3: I think we should go to the Champions League champions uh, Magdeburg uh, it's, it's a team that lost the two key players, I think for this season that um, basically got them that Champions League final, win uh, the right-back Kai Smiths going to Flensburg, as well as Gissey Christiansen playing through a uh, shoulder dislocation, which means he's probably out for most of the season. And despite very strong team that they have, I'm worried that those two players were just so crucial in last season and the way they played that it'll be very difficult for them to replicate the same form that they had, especially for, for a full season uh, that's ahead of them, both Champions League and the league. So, Sasha, do you think that the signings that they made, being Felix Klaar um Janis are are good enough to kind of step into the, the gaps left by those two players that are injured?
0: Well, actually... You mentioned that they lost Kai Smietz. That's probably a key loss for them as well because he he was well putting on a show for uh, for half a season. Really amazing. But I have a question for you. Did you ever think that they could even make the Champions League final four with their MVP Omar Ingi Magnuson injured? I don't think so. Did you think did you think after the semi-final that they had even the slightest chance without Gisley Christianson? to win the final I don't think so in the end he played and he was MVP of the fucking tournament incredible I don't know how he did it okay he's out for a month now all right but he will be back and I think he can be back in time for them to win the league again Magnuson will be back rather soon I think they got Albin Lagergren. He knows the coach, Bennett Wiegert, and his system. So I think they will be just fine. I'm just curious to see how Felix Klaar will fit in, but he's a very smart player. Smarason, that will work out because all the Icelandic playmakers play the same kind of handball except for Aaron Palmason. So I think that will work out. I'm confident that will, they will have a great season. I think they upgraded in goal. So I think they will be just fine. And... They have really what we call the heart of a champion. You can never underestimate them. And if Magnusson wasn't out last season, they would also win the league. So that's how good they are.
3: And Björn, how much do you put down the success of Magdeburg to their coach, Bennett Figert? Because it seems like he is this the core of the team and he has really built a robust system that works.
2: He's, he's a complete handball frenetic. So he's working handball, I think, 23 hours a day, one hour for sleeping and eating, and uh, how he prepares his team emotionally, tactically, physically, is absolutely brilliant. He knows everything. He knows everything about every player. So I would say that Bennett Wiegert was the main core winning the Champions League Final Four under these circumstances. And when he allowed Sanson to come back, it was the same. So Benedito definitely lives handball, and uh, I think that um, I agree in some points with Sasha that Magnuson will be back quite soon, and uh, Christianson will be back after the the Euro in Germany. So that might be early enough that they have not lost so many points compared to my champions favorite. What we're talking later on, but uh, I'm I'm sure that Magdeburg will play a great role in in the league, and uh, but I disagree with the, with what Sasha said about the goalkeepers this Had made some great games, mainly against Magdeburg in the HF uh, (laughs) European League final in in 2022 in in Lisbon. But uh, Mike Jensen really improved in the second part of the season. And uh, okay, you need a number two because, in my opinion, in this constellation, Portner is a clear number one. And um, yes, and and in terms of the newcomers, I'm I'm really. Focus to see what uh, what uh, Albi Lagravre will do the second time in Magdeburg. First time was not 100, percent so maybe he returns and uh, brings uh, make forget Kai Smiths quite early.
1: I yeah, can't. He can't forget Kai Smiths. No, I think. Uh, I, th- I think. Yeah, I think. their games, upcoming game against Flensburg, will uh, <laughs> will remind them uh, pretty soon. Round two, they face each other. They and they face Fuchs Berlin in round three. So already, like as it was last season, it feels like huge games. Week in, week out for those teams. Bjorn, you've got a train to catch in eleven minutes. So maybe we go for the other two big dogs first, and then we'll let Sasha do what he loves best and go through all the mid-table teams. Thank uh you. alone this with the two. Of us. This is where he belongs. This is where he belongs. That's harsh. That's harsh. But okay. Let's go for Berlin next. And uh we'll let you go first, Sasha.
0: I think they really, really wanted to get Simon Pitlick, and they didn't get them. Uh, get him. Uh, so that's that's the main issue. They don't have a world class player on the on the on the left side of the court. They don't have it on the on the wing. They don't have it uh, as a playmaker. They don't have it as the on the left uh, back position. They miss a, a world class player on this position. Lasse Andersson is a good player, but I don't consider him world class. They lost Jakob Holm. And they don't have a world- class playmaker. they can put Fabian Vider on that position. Dian Milo Zavalev can have some great games, like also he can get on a hot streak, but although I'm a I'm a fan of him, he didn't convince me yet during his time in Berlin. So I got some question marks and I think in the second half of the season, Matthias Gissel, he saw that it's a difference. Playing in the Bundesliga compared to the Danish league. He came also back from the World Championship where he got a lot of playing time from Nikola Jacobsen. I don't think they were too happy about that in Berlin. But I think they're on the same level as last season. And if you stay on the same level, it's usually a problem. So I think they will they will probably be number four in the league. That's that's my call.
2: Okay, and I bet with Berlin will at least become third in the league. Because I see that uh, on the wing positions with Jerry Tolbrink and Hakun uh Tygoon, West Tygoon, they have two absolutely interesting newcomers. And uh, if they do what they what they announce is give Niels Lichtlein the playing time that uh, Jakob Holm had. And I'm I'm convinced that this guy goes goes through like a warm knife through the butter because he has nothing to lose. He was the MVP of the under twenty one, everybody said okay, he will stay in Potsdam more or less. But now, what I read between the lines, they, they, they throw him into the water. And um, I agree with Dejan Milo Savaliev, but maybe he's a good season, then Erling can afford something. And on the left back, I know that they were also trying to get this Costa from uh, Sporting Lisbon, which they only could sign in uh, together with his father and the brother and maybe five uncles but uh, and this was a huge package that they yeah. did not want to get. And uh, so I'm, I'm sure Berlin is not weaker than last year. And as Kiel, in my opinion, is weaker than last year, uh, then Fugster can finish third. And depending on how much power Magdeburg leaves in the, in the Champions League, they can even become second.
1: And uh, uh, that's the last thing. If they did get Costa, they need a to bring in another right back which they really don't need i have a feeling with this team we're going to see uh three left-handers in the backcourt at some point Giesel at left back Lichtline in the center and vida at right back it'll happen at some point i promise
2: definitely yes you know absolutely sure
1: okay and, 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 and hey yeah i mean hans Lindbergh in the left wing why not all right so, <laughs> <laughs> um that leaves, I know you want to talk about your title favourites, and it can only be uh, Flensburg, S.G. Flensburg hand of it.
2: <laughs> it's not Bergisch, i say, no. <laughs> <laughs> Melsungen? <laughs> no. For, my, for me, a, a lot of people say, okay, it must be Flensburg. And some others say no. Like Iselson or other, other experts, uh, in my opinion, this is the best squad Flensburg ever had in the whole club history. There was no Flensburg squad better than even not in 2014 when they won the Champions League or the two times they won the or three times they won the title. So with the with this team and um, a very ambitious coach and an ambitious sports director with Lubomir you have to win something. You have at the end you have to win the European League and uh, the German Championship with a team like this. You have Pütlich and Jürgensen, you have Kai Smith, you have Blago So what what else do you need in the team? Which was quite strong before. Everybody said, yes, yeah, Simon Hald is going to to Alborg and two other Danish players leave to GeOG but the package what we have from the newcomers is outstanding. And I really see it will fit. It will fit um, because I'm sure that uh, the combination of Gricau and, uh, and Franjes will work, and I'm sure that uh, this Danish... Uh, Danish, uh, I would say the Danish language and the team or the Danish structure will also work, and I'm sure they they will become German champions this season.
1: There you go. What a way to leave, Björn. Thank you so much. Uh, we, we'll keep on going with Sasha and Alex, but uh, Björn, enjoy your journey home, and we'll talk to you again soon.
2: And don't forget to make the same round three or four rounds before the end to check oh, yes. if Bagashadze is still on top. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Thanks,
1: Ciao. Sasha uh, on the point of uh, Nikolai Kriko, we had a, a chat with him last week super fascinating you spoke to him I know a couple of years ago as well uh, brilliant character speaks really well seems to have his feet on the ground uh, Bjorn says that everything is in place for it to work for him do you agree?
0: I think so too they have great goalkeepers in Benjamin Buric and Kevin Muller outstanding do maybe the best in the world might be yeah. i think they have a great left wing in emil jakobsen who could be even better than he was in his first year in germany because i think there's still some room for improvement they got Gottfriedson <laughs> as a playmaker who's probably the most efficient shooting playmaker and i'm I mean, he's not a shooter but his shooting efficiency is like 90% is outstanding. He hardly makes any mistakes, but I think the key issue for them is, can they have a good defense? Because Nikolai Krikow is a coach who loves offense. He loves speed. And I think he's a great coach and he will be a great coach for years to come. I can see him stay in Flensburg for 10 years. He's that good of a coach. And... What I saw from GOG was they were playing great in the Champions League. They had the Champions League MVP, but they also conceded like 35 goals every game. So that's the biggest issue for them. Blas Blagotinchek is Champions League experienced, but he's also experienced to sit on the bench because he concedes so many too many penalties. So <laughs> that's the problem with them. If you isolate Blagotinchek, that's a problem. And Simon Halt. He's also not the most mobile line player in the world, but he got used to play with the other players in the Flensburg system. And I think they will miss Magnus Roet because Magnus Roet is a great player. I think he's really, really outstanding. Although he was injured a lot of times, unfortunately. Otherwise, he would be a top three right back in the world. But that's my issue with them. Can they play defense? That's the only question mark I have. And maybe the right wing position. Johan Hansen didn't convince me too much uh, so far in his time in Flensburg, but they have a great team. That's for sure. They have a great, great team and it will be so enjoyable to watch. I think they have the best three man backcourt in the world. Pitlick, Champions League MVP, Gottfriedsson, Euro MVP, and Kai I'm Man, his last six months, so good. That will be incredible, incredible to watch. And they have Johannes Goller on the line, Jurgensen on the line. It's massive. Yeah.
3: Nikolai Krika, when he spoke to us, he did mention that it's still a lot of new players. So, you know, most players both in attack and defense will have a new player beside them, someone they don't know. And I think in defense, as as you've highlighted, that makes more of an impact, I think. Offensively, you can just get away with pure talent um, and they have plenty of that, but defensively, it takes work to, to build those relationships, to build that important center block and to build the coordination that is acquired at the highest level of handball these days. And that's something where you also mentioned that, you know, it's not necessarily Nikolaj Kregel's strength. So not only do they have to figure out the new players, but they also have to figure out um, a defensive system that works for them. So it will be interesting to see if, that, if they have enough firepower to get past that, at least at the start. Um, but I, I will ask you about Simon Putlick. So he is, of course, one of the greatest talents at handball. He made this big move to Flensburg, And I, I, I'd like to understand if you expect him to be in a similar vein to Matthias Gitzel, when he came to the Bundesliga, where he, you know, he faced challenges still, he couldn't quite take over in the same way that uh, we've seen um, at the highest level for Denmark, etc. Do you think Püttlick will have similar challenges this season? Similar,
0: yes, but he has more help. He has Gottfriedsson and Kai Smitz. And Gitzel had... Jakob Palm and Lasse Andersson, with all respect to those players, the great players. They are part of the Danish national team and every player who's part of the Danish national team has to be a very, very good player. But he has more help. For me, there's more questions when it comes to the players behind those three, behind Simon Pittlik. Will Lasse Möller be able to stay fit for all season? What will Mats Mensa do? because sometimes he does crazy things in a good way, sometimes in a bad way. And they also don't have a second left-hander of, of a high level. Taito Einasson is all right, but he's not a great player. So, well, Metz Menzel can play there. I don't think Pitlick will face the same challenges. Of course, it's different to play in the Bundesliga because it's more physical and you have to perform in every single game. That's the difference to the playoff system they have in Denmark. If you have three or five or six bad games during the regular season, it's not that much of an issue. But in the Bundesliga, you just can't do that because of the way this, the league is uh, structured. I think he will have a great season. We shouldn't expect too much from him because he's also still very young, 22 years, 22 years old, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he was the Champions League MVP. But GOG was the underdog and then the Bundesliga, according to my colleague Björn Parson, They are the favorites to win the title. So it's different kind of expectations. Even in the Danish league, nobody expected GeoG to repeat. Everybody was stunned and quite impressed that they won the title in the first year. And nobody said, yeah, they have to win it again because they lost Matthias Gisse. And suddenly they won it again because Pitlick was so good and also other players were there were very good but yeah Flensburg is probably the team to lose the title I'll still go with SM book.
1: good oh, nice to see some this is why we got you and Bjorn on together nice bit of disagreement you know
0: yeah <laughs> yeah it's very nice and let me let me say a few words still on Füchse Berlin Paul Drucks, the captain is out with an Achilles tendon injury. And I doubt that he will be back before the European Championship. And I think they will miss him quite a lot because he's one of the best eighth men in the world. He can just came, come on and play on two positions in the backcourt. He doesn't make a lot of mistakes. He brings a lot of energy and he's good on defense. And they like this kind of player right now. They were looking for it. They wanted to t- to sign Lukas Sindric. Bob Hanning said no, Stefan Kretschmer wanted him. I think they couldn't afford him. Andre Gomez the same. So they lack one player on this team right now. And I think in the end it won't be good enough. So that's why I think they will be in fourth position. Flensburg and Mark De Wurk will play for the title, Keelan third. That's what I think.
3: And it is it's fascinating this season because, you know, we've we talked about the the top teams now. And of course we'll talk about Melsingen now, which is really the, the the whole part two of this podcast will be a mouthful <laughs> discussion. <laughs> we don't. Know. I thought you only had an hour, Alex. <laughs> no, no, I, I, I'll be gone soon. But uh, I do want to say that the team. There's five really, really top teams that all have a chance of a title, but each team has flaws, uh, and we've talked about them from injuries to different uh, like players leaving or arriving. I don't see a team that's just primed and ready to absolutely dominate, and I think that's what makes this season really exciting. Because you know, anything can happen in the in the first couple of weeks, even uh, that can break open this this season. So uh, I think last year was incredible. I think we're set up for another incredible year. Yeah. And uh, at this point, I will have to drop off, but I will leave. The, the rest of the, the podcast mi- the mid t- the, the
1: mid-table boys, <laughs> the mid-table boys. <laughs> yeah. it's all about average well, there you go <laughs> <laughs> alright thanks Alex enjoy the rest of your work day or your Cheers. long day <laughs> uh, right. so, so let's start uh, we will leave Mel Sungen to last Sasha because that is always that's just everyone's favourite topic um, we'll go from from the bottom up uh We left off with uh, Erlangen, so we got a Berger Shahatsi Bjorn's second title favorite. <laughs> what do you What do you actually believe they're capable of this year?
0: I think they can improve a little bit because I think they have quite a good team. They got some very decent players. They got a young and full of energy coach in Jamal Naji. And I think that he will be able in his second year at BHC to make even more of a difference. I think that they got better at the right-back position. That was their problem in the past couple of seasons. They got a young player in Elias Scholtes, who was also part of the German team winning the under-21 world championship. They got... Mats Andersen, a player from Denmark who scored more than 200 goals there last season. So they got a lot of options. They just have to be more consist- consistent. I think that's the main issue with them and their preparation their preseason was not the best when it comes to results. But maybe they find the right way. They got an easy schedule at the beginning. They play at Eisenach and then at home against Baling, the two newly promoted side. So I think, yeah, they, they will have a decent season. I think they can crack the top 10, like nine spots or something like that.
1: Good start. Like that can make a big difference, right? At least in terms of impression and, and how a team feels. Um, one team that knows that all too well, a team that had an incredibly bad start to the season, then went on a nine game game winning streak and then went another uh, or eight game winning streak. Then went nine games without winning uh, is Leipzig. <laughs> how do you think? How do you think they're set up this season? Another roller coaster for the boys in green. I uh, saw saw one of their warm up matches against Potsdam. Uh, uh, at least the first half of it, where of course Potsdam being a second league team, but Leipzig. Uh, yeah, they're an interesting group of players this year.
0: It's a very interesting group. What I don't like is if you get a coach mid season, and he does well at the beginning and then you sign him to a long-term deal. I don't get it. I don't get it. Give him one extra year, which is fine. Every coach will do that, <laughs> I guess so. But why just, you know, have this long-term deal? I'm not convinced. Actually, I always think that Leipzig is one injury away from from collapsing, you know? Like if Luka Witzke as a playmaker is out, then they got a problem. If Marco Marmich is out, they got a problem. They got some very good players, also backup players. They're good. But for some reason, if there's one player who's out, they always got some problems. At the beginning of the season, Luka Witzke was out and they lost. At the end of the season, Vigo Christiansson was out and they lost. They didn't find ways to win without even one of their top seven players. If one player was out, they lost. So I'm not convinced. I think they will be like maybe another disappointment of the season, actually. And I'm quite interested to see what they will do when, like by December, they're not in a good position. I'm I'm not convinced, to be honest.
1: Also, they've uh, signed the coach's son as well. And he looked pretty good from what I saw. He's very young, though. Uh, Andri Runerson, I think just 20 years of age. Uh, their goalkeeper pair is quite exciting for me though
0: oh yeah yeah severas and Domenico ebna yeah ebna is new he had good save percentages in hanover he's a heck of a guy very nice guy and that will work out yeah maybe the goalkeeping position is their best position actually and if it works out with the goalkeepers yeah then they can run Uh, but they're not really a running team it's 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 interesting because they got an Icelandic coach, so they should be in a running team. But for some reason they're not. So let's see. I, I'm I'm not convinced. I know I repeat myself, but yeah, I, I don't know. It's just my my gut feeling.
1: That's uh, well, you. That's why we have you in here. You've you've had a, a insight as well from all all the local correspondents, uh, for CrySab as well. Uh, well, I...
0: if if I if I just take in all the opinions of my local reporters, then nobody's going to relegate. No, they're all, all
1: going to be in a European place. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, almost. Gummer's <almost>. <laughs> back. Where are they going to be uh, ah, this season?
0: Interesting team. Interesting team. They improved their roster again. Julian Costa signed a contract extension through 26, although I don't think he will stay there until 26. But it will push them. They got another season ticket record so interesting team but i think that around the club maybe some of the people might have the expectation that they will can that they can make it to the european league and that's a long shot and it's a club with a lot of tradition and people expect maybe some something too much and yeah I think that that might be a problem I think that in the end it will be eighth to tenth place for them and then they can be absolutely satisfied because they just promoted last year but it's a very very good team it's an entertaining team to watch Sigurdsson interesting young coach L, oh, not that young anymore but still interesting coach And he won coach of the year in the second league last year, coach of the year in the first league. Let's see what he can do with his guys the next season.
1: Yeah, and he'll bring uh, a left winger under his belt who, uh, when you speak of entertaining, well, for good or bad reasons, always seems to have some kind of entertainment in Miloš Vujovic. Uh, It'll be interesting to see how he fits in with them. And uh, another signing, which I think I'm excited to see, uh, Georgi Chkovrabadze who uh, <laughs> joined from <laughs> yeah. joined from Fadi and uh, who Alex and I, our best memory of him, we played against him in Georgia a few years ago. And one afternoon in the team hotel, we walked down to get a coffee and there was Georgie in the, the common area with a big screen, all on his own, watching his own YouTube highlights.
0: So he does enjoy watching himself, yeah. Yeah, are you re-listening your podcasts?
1: I'm not re-listening. To them. Ah, okay. <laughs> no, no, no. Edi- <laughs> editing them is enough. Hearing myself yeah. once, I-, oh. I think you know you know yourself. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. But yeah, ex- uh, interesting to see how they get on this year. Um, Lamgo.
0: I was quite impressed by the end of the season of the of the run Lamgo had because they lost their two key players Jonathan Kalsburgat and Piakima Edison last summer, and Florian Kermann was doing a heck of a job, making sure that they don't fight relegation, that they have a calm season, no problems, no real big issues. I think he will do a good job again. That's a really, a really interesting team. I think, yeah, it's it's interesting because we have so many teams. We will talk also, I think Hanover and Melzong are the two teams left we need to talk about. Hanover, Malsungen, Bergischer HC, Stuttgart, Göpping, Wetzlar, Erlangen, you name them, all of them can beat any of the other teams any given day. You can put them in one pot and you can draw and you don't know what you get. That That's what makes the Bundesliga so exciting to watch. And it's good handball also. But that's why it's very hard to have a good prediction because it's for all of those teams one or two injuries can make the difference okay that's the same for all the teams but when you're like a team which can finish sixth or 14th because you miss one player like Stefan Chavo was out for Wetzlar last season and it made all the difference in the world for them they lost Ole Fossel Schäfer to rhein of course but their most important shooter from the backhold was out all season and they couldn't just find a way to, to replace him so Lemgo, very good team Gummersbach is, is like on the same level, Hannover and Melsung the two teams we still need to talk about are also on this level 6 to tens, everything can happen with those teams
1: There's one more team besides those two, Hamburg Oh yeah, yeah yeah, that's another team like <laughs> yep. like them.
0: It's another <laughs> yeah. team like them. It's really interesting. They got Danny Bynes, very good player. Watch out for Jakob Lassen, the right back from Denmark. He had a very good season last year. He was injured for some weeks, but very good player. So I think this will be very interesting. The first game's Tonight will be Flensburg against Hamburg. You said at the beginning of the show that you might air on Friday. So we have already seen what they can do. Hamburg at Flensburg very, very difficult for them to start the season. But I think it's another very interesting team. I think Hamburg starts with three away games. I'm not sure about that, but that's a tough schedule. So they might start with three losses and still perform quite well. That's the interesting part of it. Yeah, Hamburg with Kaspar Mortens and Johannes Bitter, they have some experienced players. Leif Tissier, small playmaker, very interesting player to watch alongside Danny Bynes. Yeah, I like this team.
1: And a team that, uh, also from hearing you speak to the, uh, the reporter for Hamburg, you know, it's a team that seemed to want. Some consistency now, like even speaking about it, hey, if they finish eighth this season as opposed to seventh oh, last season, absolutely
0: fine. Not yeah, a it's bad absolutely thing. fine.
1: And that goes into what you're saying there that one or two missing players or a bad streak is the difference between sixth and 14th, which is really incredible and just so exciting as well. Uh, Hanover, they were the team that finished top, the best of the rest last year in sixth place. What can we expect from them? Any chance that they can do something to break into the top five?
0: I don't think so. Because when you look at their history, every time they finished like fourth, sixth, seventh, eighth, the next season was a bad season. So for them, it's important to like make the top 10 again. And I guess so they play against Istat, that they will qualify for the group stage of the European League. They got a lot of young players like Renas Urschins, the right back from the Under-21 team. Justus Fischer, line player from the Under-21 team. Very good players. I think Christian Prokop is doing a heck of a job there because he really knows how to work at such places. When he was at Leipzig, that was a very good spot for him. He can work like in the shadow, let's say. He can do the same now at Hanover. It's interesting because they they gave away four German players and they got four foreigners, which is quite unusual for them. They have to fit in. I think they got a very good new goalkeeper in Simon Garda from Allborg. But it's his first year in the league, so we, he will have to adapt. But I think interesting team, good to watch, and I think they will finish like 6th to 10th again. I think I'm quite convinced by them especially by their young players.
1: The final piece of the puzzle the enigma of the Handball Bundesliga MT Melsungen. Hm. What might 2023-24 bring us and what will they get from it?
0: I think they will improve. I'm quite sure they will improve because Dennis Christophans Although he's like, I think 34 years old or 33 years old, right? Only 32. Oh, oh, only 32. He
1: t- okay. Yeah. He turns 33 in yeah. in a month. So you're, you're basically yeah. right. You're right. Yeah. 33. Yeah. yeah.
0: So I think he's still a very good player. They don't play European competition, though that means they can focus on the Bundesliga. They have one week to prepare every single game. They got a great white ring and Timo Customing, they got decent goalkeepers, they got good line players, they're huge. And they're they're huge. They got really, really big players. They've
1: got Adrian (laughs) Shiposh.
0: Yeah, it's your man. (laughs) It's your man. Uh. they got Shiposh, they got they got Rogério Morage, they they got really some really big players, and if you look just into two to five positions, on defense the center positions it's hard to crack them it will be really hard to crack them but i don't know and maybe that's the biggest issue with them also in the past two or three years if their style of play is fitting the bundesliga so i don't think it's about the quality of the single player on their roster But the style of players, do they fit into the Bundesliga? And Roberto Parondo, he has won the Champions League and he has also done a great job with the Egyptian national team. But his tactics are are so different from the rest of the league. I don't know if it can work out. I think there's a chance it can work out, but I'm not absolutely sure. I would say that they will improve because the players are just too good to be ninth or 10th again and I predict them I, re, I think I predict them to finish 6th and make the European League because Hanover if they play the group stage they might fall off a little bit Hamburg can also be 6th, Gummersbach can also be 6th, Lemgo also yeah it's it's very entertaining, you said before, it's so interesting. We are all very excited. And Melzung, there's some pressure now because it's the second full season for Roberto Parondo. Now he has to deliver. Will he be able to deliver? I think he's good enough. Like the team. But it's Melzung in the end, huh?
1: Yeah. I mean that that's it. If if this group of players Had another name and say you had the top top five in the Bundesliga all somehow in a Champions League group with this team, you would see them being able to to mix it with them. Maybe not win it, but you know, be somewhere in the middle. Like looking at the players alone, there's no reason why they can't be as good as Reiner Guluven with the, the international level goalkeepers, every position you have players that have competed at a high level Champions League or at European or world level, but yeah, why it doesn't come together? Maybe just look. Maybe this is the year. Yeah, <laughs> we can just always look say at the that. goalkeepers. <laughs> yeah,
0: just look at the goalkeepers. I remember how Nebojsa Zimic was playing for the Montenegrin national team at the tournaments. He's a great goalkeeper. Morawski, the same for Poland, usually performs quite well at the tournaments. So they got Karsten Lichlein now as a goalkeeper coach. And I talked to him yesterday after the Super Cup and he was the goalkeeper coach at GWD Minden before they had Malte Semisch. And Malte Zemisch didn't do well. Then Carsten Lichtlein came there. He coached them. He was also still playing, but he coached them. And Zemisch improved a lot. Last year, Lichtlein left and Zemisch didn't play as well anymore. So I think Lichtlein can really have another impact on Zemisch and Morawski this season. That's that's probably one of the reasons why I believe in them because the goalkeepers will make all of the difference and yeah, let's see how they will do.
1: Yeah, only time will tell and uh, we're going to learn a lot more already in the next few weeks But uh, and I'm sure at some point we'll, we'll pop in with you and Bjorn and have a chat about how it's all going. But uh, for until sure. then, Sasha, thank you so much for your time. As always, a pleasure Thanks for to having talk me. about it. And uh, enjoy... The start of the season. What's your first uh, task with Dine this season?
0: I will be in Gummersbach on Sunday for a white open game against (laughs) Lemgo. Oh
1: yes, very good, (laughs) a real mid-table battle, just as you hope for. So hopefully that um, that lives up to expectation, and uh, we'll talk to you again so soon. Thank you, Sasha. Thanks for having me. Thank you to Sasha. And to Bjorn and to Alex, who had to duck out right before the end, catching a plane to Copenhagen. Hope you enjoyed that preview as much as we did. And stick around with us for a lot more to come in the next couple of weeks. We've got big overviews of the transfers from the summer in both the men's and women's side. And then before you know it, the Champions League will be on our doorstep and we'll dive into that as well. But until then, goodbye.